Welcome back to the For All Hair Types podcast. I'm Mahogany and uh, joining me is the beautiful Marcy. And today we're going to be talking about lessons that we learned in our 20s about our hair and just like, you know, that 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 self-acceptance piece. Um, last week we discussed, you know, our early years and some of the beauty standards that, that shaped how we viewed ourselves as kids. And I think that, you know, definitely for me, and I know Marcy, you've talked about this too, like moving into our twenties and thirties, there were like aspects of our, our existence, especially when it comes to like our outward appearance that, that maybe shifted in our twenties and thirties. Right. So I'm excited to hear your stories, lady. So let's, let's start with you, Mars. Yeah. So there's, it's funny. One specific moment stands out when you say twenties, like I I think back of what specific year do I remember? And I want to say for me, you know, graduating from college, trying to get my first job and how do I show up to this first interview and, you know, not really having a whole lot of experience in marketing, did some interns here and there, but internships here and there. And my meeting with a, a job that I saw on a, you know, post somewhere for a coordinator, um, you know, type of marketing job at a hair care company, I really started to think about like, what is this? What do I want to show up as? Like, what do I want to look like? Have my little resume ready and all these things. And the recruiter, the person I met with, their first words were, oh, you have a great head of hair. And it was just like, I felt like my experience was not as <laughs> relevant, but it was just like, hey, we just need a coordinator. Cool. And and you managed to, I guess, style your hair in a decent way. So you are qualified to work at this company. And, you know, that was something that I maybe now looking back in my twenties, I really started to really indoctrinate myself into like, okay, well, the nighttime 20 year old is going to, you know, have a full face of makeup and maybe do some more interesting things to my hair. But this, you know, little blowout that I did for this job interview. Okay. Like, did that work? And then I felt like at that moment, it was all about really thinking about what do I want to project? Right. I think that was mm-hmm. something in your twenties where, you know, you're kind of figuring out like this new adult world kind of, you're, you feel like you're an adult, but you're not really, let's be real in your twenties. Oh. <laughs> totally. Oh my gosh, Marcy, you said it. Yeah, I would say like it was this, you know, in the 20s, it was all about trying to portray this like adult professional pay me money, right? Because I, you know, just a little, you know, college graduate trying to pretend like I could, you know, be taken seriously. But this other token, it was almost like this day and night different type of life because in your 20s, at least in my 20s, you know, growing up in Miami, it was all about that nightclub, like just getting ready to, you know, put together that outfit and have fun with your girlfriends, talk to some, some boys. Um, and then Monday morning rolls around and it's put on a whole different persona, right? Cause you want to be taken seriously. You want to grow, you want to, you know, get paid better. And honestly, for me, I was just this whole thought about, wow, these two different parts of my life and I'm it's still me, but what I'm trying to project are two totally different things, depending on what time of day, what day of the week. And it was really just this opposite, you know, world that I was trying to figure out well, my persona and my hair and how that would, you know, and it's crazy because when I look back, I'm like, well, I really didn't have to change my hair. You know, I could just right. wear my hair however I wanted to and still have fun out with my girlfriends going dancing and going to a club and, you know, being very single and wanting to, you know, meet new men and, you know, explore, you know, the dating world. But 
you know, it would never cross my mind that one look would work for both. It was always like, no, I have to toggle between one or the other. Okay. That what you just said right there, like, cause I was going to ask you, like, what is it that made you feel like you had to have this like specific blowout, right? Like this is like, and I love it because I've definitely seen memes where they've talked about like what you look like for your job interview versus what you look like on the first day. And a lot of that has to do with, um, like with black women and like wearing their hair natural as opposed to wearing a wig or, you know, smoothing out their hair. Um, but like, do you feel like in order to be seen as an adult, you had to wear your hair a certain way? And it sounds like, yeah. Yeah. Like I would never, something when you say that immediately, I would, you know, what is the no list? What's the list of looks or styles? I'd be like, no, I'm not going to wear my hair this way. Cause this is going to make me look more juvenile, more younger. I would never put my hair in a ponytail. Cause I would feel like, no, I would just look like a little teenager. If I walk into this interview or even go out, right. Like I'm, if, if maybe I was 20 or maybe not 21 yet trying to sneak into a club, same thing. Like I had to kind of look grown and whatever grown looks like, you know, mm-hmm. hair and makeup outfit all go together. You know, it's just, it's almost just like playing these different personas to receive a certain type of attention, you know, mm-hmm. professional attention, being taken mm-hmm. serious, uh, you know, attractive, you know, to whatever cute boy you wanted to talk to, you know, it was just totally. all these things. And again, is it was it really something that like, I wanted to look this way? Or was I really just trying to prove something? I feel like 20s was all about trying to prove like I'm sexy, I'm an adult, I'm a professional, and all these, you know, just different areas of life that yeah, in my mind it was just com- compartmentalized. I think that's what I'm, you know, hitting at. Mm-hmm. At least is like I had to compartmentalize the way I would wear my hair because I guess in my you know, subconsciously wasn't a thing for everyone to, you know, maybe there were women that were you know, just being themselves and wearing, you know, styling themselves the same way throughout all their areas of life. But I felt like at least in my twenties, it was, no, it was was about being different depending on the scenario and the environment, which not sure if that was the right way, but Hey, that's, you know, I guess some of the learnings now that I look back on. Well, and I think you touched on it too. Like when you said learning, like, I think what I love right now is I see so many different, you know, folks in this like generation Z for sure, like being so exploratory with their look. And that's something I can resonate with as far as like being in my twenties, I did not have a professional look like the, or, or <clears throat> quote unquote professional mm-hmm. look. I was never drawn to that. Like when I left school, like when I graduated from high school <clears throat> in 1995, yeah. Yeah, girl. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to like continue to work in coffee shops. I really enjoyed it. I wanted to open my own coffee shop someday. Um, and so like, it didn't really matter if I looked old or young. I just like, I was good at my job. I enjoyed my job. I enjoyed the community that I was a part of. Um, and then I started working in hair salons because a friend of mine had, she was a receptionist and, um, she needed like a coworker that she didn't want to like poke their eyes out. And she was like, you'd be great. <laughs> I was like, sounds good. Yeah. I'll try that. That sounds like fun because I grew up going into hair salons and like my mom's best friend was a hair. Uh, she was not a hair salon. She owned a hair salon and Denise was cool as shit. Like she was always cool. And it was really interesting to me because I think I may have been drawn to being a hairdresser for like, obviously a number of reasons, but one of them was because I could wear my hair however I wanted to. Like I could 
figure out like that was a huge piece for me was like figure out how to do my hair in different ways um but also like because i it didn't matter if my hair was green or purple or brown or black or blonde like i could wear whatever i wanted i could dress how i wanted i can wear my hair in whatever style or fashion i wanted to and that to me in my 20s looked really exploratory i mean i had locks I had afros I had braids I had I mean and then to be fair nothing not much has changed um but like I I definitely I played with a lot more color um I was on this like my best friend and I were on this like total like 90s tip as far as like like faux locks with like mm. multiple colors and we would come up with these like elaborate color palettes and like she was blonde haired and blue eyed. And I'm obviously like, I'm not like, I, you know, brown girl, brown eyes. And so when we would do our hair together and yes, we can get into the whole cultural appropriation thing later, but like I co-signed her in my heart for so long. And anyways, love her. That's, that's for another, that's for another day. I'll tell you that that's a good conversation. We should actually have her on at some point, but when we would do our hair, we would plan out our palettes and it was almost like we would make it hilarious because it looked like she was the picture and I was the negative, right? <laughs> because all mine were like these earthy tones and hers were all these like bright tones. And then she would like throw some bright tones into my hair because she would want to just like pet me up. It was really interesting. Um, but for me, my twenties were, were all about like expression. Like it, 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 it almost took like my teen years and like blew it up with like more possibility. I discovered like my love for a beauty supply store. Oh, it's like a happy place now. It's oh, like my yes. church. Yeah. Like I can go into a beauty supply store and just like sift through wigs and hair types and, and, and accoutrement to all of the different ways of like messing with hair. And I love it. It's so, it's so fun and so inspiring. And, um, but like hair has always been about that art form and that mm -hmm. expression to me, which is again, another reason why I did it. But like for myself, it was like, I didn't love the hair that I had in my twenties. So I really wanted to find a way to love my hair. So I ended up locking my hair and I went through like this whole like misguided process about it. And, and I'm, and, and not that I have bad feelings about it, but like when I, when I went to get my hair locked, I didn't feel comfortable with the woman who was going to do it. So I just decided not to do it. And I just like, I legit like sat down in her chair, felt like some type of way and was like, you know what, here's some money. I can't do this. Like I, I told her, I told her that it was like, I had a second, um, had second thoughts about having mm -hmm. locks, but what I, and because I've grown up, like I'm raised by people who work for a living. Like, so you give her her money, right? Like, but then you dip out. And my mom was like, what did you just give her all that money for? She weren't comfortable, but like, there was just something about not allowing this woman to do my hair. And perhaps it was because she was white. Perhaps it was because mm -hmm. she was not looking at locking my hair in a way that made me feel comfortable. Like it was like all these things that I had been told about how you do it. And it was at this very specific salon, which is a bomb salon, right? But there weren't any black people there. Mm. It was all white people. And that salon is so great. Like I have no, like she was wonderful in, in the end, like everything was great. But what I realized was that her technique was for like straight and wavy hair. It wasn't for like tight, coily, kinky hair. And I don't think that I had the awareness around that at that point in my life. 
but I did getting older. So I ended up doing my own locks, which was like a giant pain in my butt. And y'all, if I would have done some better research, I would have had so much more good luck. But at that time, the internet wasn't really popping the same way that it is now with the information that we have today. Um, but I really found myself like looking for specifically a black hairdresser. I really wanted somebody who could understand my hair because when you are mixed, a lot of times your hair texture and your hair type, curl type can be a little bit different. Um, and I was blessed with like copious amounts of really fine spirals like that. <laughs> that's just, that's what that was. So like the softness of my hair would trip up my black hairdressers and like the court, the coiliness of my hair would trip up you know, my white hairdressers. And then, so for me, locking just felt like the right thing to do. Like my texture wanted to do it. Um, and so that's what I did. Um, and I had locks for like 16 years. Like I, I oh. didn't cut them off until I was in my mid thirties, but it, it is interesting because as I think about like why I made this choice, I realized that there was like a piece of self-acceptance there. I wanted to grow my hair, but I knew that my hair being the type, the type and texture that it was like, it took so much to care for it that in my twenties, I was not willing to do, nor did I have the information around it. Um, and so for me, it was just like, oh, well, this seems super easy. And then I found out you could color them and you could do all these things. And, I mean, I had locks down to my waist. They were fine. They were beautiful. They were like pencils. They were just like mm. perfect shapes. And I'm not gonna lie. I had great hair, super great hair. But then sometime, sometime in my um, late thirties, my hair started thinning after my kids. And like that piece really shook me. And it was like, so for me, it was less like the professional, mm -hmm. like the need to put on the professional. For me, it was like, how do I continue to make my hair express who I am? So I played with color. I played with like, you know, lengths of it. Um, I added things in. Um, I would braid them up in really elaborate ways. And they were really, I like, it was just, it's probably the time that I loved my hair the most. And then I got pregnant and then, oh my God, my hair just grew. Like that's when oh. it went down to my waist, right? Like it was at my bra strap and it just like shot to my waist and stayed there. <laughs> so that was pretty wild. But like, it is... So there's so many things that like shape how you see your hair and like yeah. and what, what your triggers, goals are kind of align. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like what triggers you to like, want to make a change, stay on the same path, experiment, because just hearing you, you know, talk about your twenties and, you know, I'm reflecting as you're talking and I felt like in my twenties, I had a little bit of disposable income, right. Starting off in my career. So I was able to make a little bit more decisions. You know, my mom was a hairdresser in my early years. So I, I grew up with this notion of being told like, don't color your hair. You're going to damage it. You have, you know, quote unquote, great hair. My mom has very fine, um, curly hair. And, you know, I, kind of got my dad's side of the family, a little bit different texture. So I felt like I didn't realize that really her wishes were, um, you know, just to kind of keep me in this, you know, and again, it's all hairdresser, um, you know, expertise of like maintaining my hair health. Right. But I wanted to experiment a little bit. I wanted to color my hair. I wasn't really given the green light to do that until I really had my own money. Right. So in early, 
you know, probably 23, 24 going in to get highlights and, you know, also thinking about why do I want to lighten my hair? You know, looking back, did not like it. I I were to show you pictures a little too, you know, definitely was looking brassy, definitely a little too blonde, you know, it was, you know, I had these bangs and I don't know. I look back at those almost like a little Kelly Clarkson, not super chunky, but there was some chunks in there and don't love it. So maybe like two fingers, not three fingers. Yeah. There were so, yes! Yeah. There was some, yeah, yeah. No, that's not it. Like I just look back and like, no, I, I always would go back to my darker, more natural hair color, which now looking back to my mom was just like, you know, you have, great head of hair don't don't go so um you know extreme on experimenting because you you may regret and again like we know all mothers always sometimes have some wisdom that we don't want to listen to at the time because we were our own person and you know we want to do those things but I didn't you know looking back I didn't really love my hair in my 20s but I think it was also a part of almost well not rebellious you know nature but it's like oh I could kind of now do what I want because it's told just to keep it like dark and blown out and which is what I ended up going to more in my thirties and more settled on. But um, I also do think like, you know, was I impacted by like society and culture, maybe pop culture to lighten my hair? You know, I'm thinking of, okay, Shakira was definitely having a moment in that era. Definitely, you know, you know, Britney's, you know, like I look nothing like Britney Spears, but absolutely, you know, some of those hairstyles, you know, like the certain. Oh yeah lightening your hair and again assimilation absolutely you know having lighter hair color um but no I if I look at those pictures I'm like yeah no that's not really my favorite era of my hair <laughs> at all oh my gosh that's so funny so like I'm remembering the conversations that we had the conversation we had last time we were you're we were speaking about like Selena and like really loving Selena and like looking up to Selena and Selena had dark hair Okay. And then like now speaking about like the people who influenced you, they all had lighter hair in your twenties and that nineties, 2000 world. Like I get it because we had the same thing. Like it was Aaliyah. It was like all that, like these dark haired women, mm-hmm. like, and then all of a sudden it was Beyonce blonde, like mm-hmm. those nineties, like those nineties, Oh my God, the 90s wet set braid, micro braids, like don't get it twisted. I wanted those all the time. I wanted to look exactly like Moesha in Moesha. all her, like Brandy, yes. in all her business. Like I wanted, that's, that was my goal for, for sure. But it is that assimilation piece. I think, you know, that, you know, we come from that, like love sees no color kind of, mm-hmm. you know, thought process. Like that definitely was something that we, you know, indoctrinated uh, many, many, many people during that generation with like, we don't see color. And now with new information, we recognize that like, it's important to see color. It's important to know that yes, JLo did an exceptional job. Perfect example. Mm -hmm. at, 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 At just being like amazing. But also like, what's, what's interesting to me about some of these like pop stars in particular and movie movie like these celebrities is like how they baby step you into culture right like j-lo baby stepped the entire united states into latin latin color latin culture god i can't get my words out today doing super good guys like she baby stepped us into that like for those of us who were not a part of the community like i was like oh 
I didn't realize there were so many commonalities between the Latin community and the black community. I didn't know that. Like, I just did not know I was ignorant to that. So that was like a really interesting thing. And I think that, you know, throughout history, like celebrities of color have been that gateway to understanding like what culture is, but it is still one note because obviously JLo does not represent the entire Latin community. Like, no, duh, right. No. Like, duh. Yeah. same way Beyonce doesn't represent everything black. I mean, she kind of does purposely now, but like at the time during Destiny's right. Child, no, no, that wasn't Absolutely. the case. And but it all being, comes out in their hair in these like interesting ways. Absolutely. And we're being fed also, I think with celebrities and artists, we're being mm-hmm. fed a personal brand that a business has been, has built. I, I met mm-hmm. someone a handful of years ago that worked on the marketing side of a record label. And she shared with me, you know, she worked on, I guess, Katy Perry's, you know, journey. Um, And Katy Perry, you know, was a Christian singer before the record labels and she got transformed. And I was just blown away as a marketer, you know, music product and, you know, like creating a story with product and branding and identity, but hearing just how these artists are, you know, kind of created as far as their persona, their look, and sometimes you see this take place right in the public eye where they're having these crises and, you know, oh, I'm my stage name and my persona versus who I am are being told to really, you know, you can't leave the house and can't be photographed unless you look like this, your hair looks like this, your makeup looks like this, because you're trying to portray this, you know, persona. So even that, like knowing that inside piece of, oh, wait, did I really like these artists, these singers, or was this some sort of, sort of consumerism that was just packaged all up for me to be like, oh yeah, that's what I need to look like. But that person may have not even made those choices for themselves. You know, from, I think that's the big one that's like mind blown. And here we are just all like, I remember like dressing just like Shakira, the little belts, you know, like the whole belly dancing moment that happened and just wanting to just duplicate. It was all about duplicating. And I, I don't think I was at a point in my twenties where I was, you know, maybe as progressed in my own self identity as maybe you were, you know, where I was just like duplicating what I saw and just really being a consumer. And maybe that was because, you know, Oh, I, I think this is what's going to make me more, I don't know, attractive or relevant, professional, whatever it is. It was all about like just proving something and, not realizing I'm just being a consumer also and just <laughs> mindlessly. Marcy, this is why I love talking to you though, because like you just brought up like such an incredible point. These people who are being brought to us as representations of their culture are being packaged up by people who may or may not be from their culture. Right. Like, so for example, like destiny's child, I mean, obviously I don't know anything about it i do know that there was like some hardcore management happening with destiny's child but like that was clearly packaged specifically for white audiences like and then you can even see the shift in beyonce right like when lemonade came out and like even snl did that skit they were like what beyonce's black holy shit like i mean (laughs) but it was like a really like it was a really intentional record and you can tell that like like whether it was for her relationship to Jay-Z or whatever, but like when you see these beauty, like the standards that these like black and brown celebrities are, are upholding. And I'm not knocking anybody, obviously like 
I got my feels about certain people, but like whatever, like Katy Perry. Mm-hmm. Listen, you know what? Fuck it. I don't like <laughs> Katy Perry. Okay. I don't like her at all. I didn't like her before when she was a Christian singer. I don't like her. She's a pop singer. That is, she's like second to Gwen Stefani in the cultural appropriation world. Maybe second, maybe holding that space with Miley Cyrus, bless them all, or Ariana Grande, who I just found <laughs> out was Italian. Thank you for sharing that. Um, um, <laughs> yeah. But like, it is interesting because you have these people who are guessing about culture, right? Like guessing about culture, taking what they know about culture and packaging this black Mm -hmm. person, this Brown person in what they think the culture is instead of allowing them to speak on and portray the culture that they actually belong to. I think this is why we love rappers so much. This is why we love R and B girls and like female rappers. And, and, and this is why I feel like we have like today, like someone like Lizzo or somebody like Cardi B or Nicki Minaj, who are just like, so, 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 so black girl. Like, Mm -hmm. so she is every black girl that I have ever known. There's like a piece of her in all of us. And I think that that's why people fucking love her, right? right? Because she's authentic. Authentic. And like, this is a thing that you and I have had conversations about forever. And this is again, like why I just love having conversations with you and your marketing brain. And you're like, you're just like Marcy self and your soul is because like, it really does. Like, I didn't even think about how these people were packaged before. Like, but it is so interesting because we think that somebody like Brittany is setting the the beauty standard. We think that somebody like Shakira is setting a beauty standard or Beyonce Mm -hmm. or Iman or whomever. Like we think that these people are the people who are setting the beauty standard, but in actuality, it's all the people who are involved in packaging them that create the beauty standard. So that like, yo, that that to me says we got to do a deeper dive on that one. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. There's lots of money, lots of people, teams, right? Like I'm sure you've seen the memes on, you know, you're not just, no one's ugly. You're just poor, right? Like you don't have the money (laughs) to basically, you know, just completely transform your image. And again, no, you know, hating all Right. (laughs) But you know, that's part of the world we live in. It's, it's not everything, not everything you see is, is what it is, right? There's a lot of smoke and mirrors and a lot of, um, levers being pulled to create a reaction an emotional connection. And, uh, I think of, have you seen those images of like JLo and when she was a fly girl in living color, right? You know, Neurican, pale skin, dark eyebrows, dark lipstick, really short pixie hair, and then the transformation to extensions, blonde, bronze, you know, just that's that tells you right there, right? So there's okay, we're we're putting some backing into this persona. We want you to be XYZ, you know, and it's just always so interesting that we all, I think, have some of that, regardless of whether we're, you know, maybe on that level and an artist or a creative in, in that space, but I feel like we're subconsciously all influenced by these things because everything you see in media, it's going to impact you in some way. You know, we, some of us may go down a deeper road and, you know, come into our hairdresser and say, I want to look exactly like this. And then is it really the hair that you want or you just want to be this person? Right. And I know something that many of the hairdressers would love to hear your take on this when people are disappointed at the end, because wait, well, yeah, I don't look like JLo. Well, guess what? No matter what you do to my hair, I'm not going to look like JLo. And that's a hard reality to really separate, you know, what totally. you like about a picture or a person. Is it really the hair? Is it the makeup or 
is it just this deep desire to be that or like, like that? That's not really. I mean, shoot, I'll, I'm going to get real vulnerable here for a second. Cause like, um, my style icon, I believe we talked about this last time, um, is Lisa Bonet. I look not one tiny thing like Lisa Bonet. Like we are not, she's got high cheekbones, minor low. Like she's got these like amazing, amazing, like deep, dark eyes. Mine are one's bigger than the other. And you know, like what, but like, I am mad. I'm cute. I'm not mad at myself, but like, we are just like, we couldn't be any different, more different. I'm tall. She's small. I'm curvy. She's skinny. Like, I mean, just like, we're all so different, but I was like 110% sure that if I could just get those like distressed boho locks, like, like, um, like, like Lisa, then I was going to look just the fuck like her. And I didn't, I didn't obviously look anything like her, but like, you're right. As a hairdresser, people would come in and bring me, especially like early in my career, like right there in like that early two thousands, it was a lot of Jennifer Aniston. And like, Mm. it did not matter what the ethnicity of the person who was sitting in my chair, everybody wanted that haircut. But what was interesting to me was like how much easier it was to put on black and brown people because her hair was so curly that like it would hold and retain that shape in a blowout whereas like some of the girls who would come in with like straighter and wavier hair like their hair texture couldn't support that look so it would just like fall flat on them and they would be so mad so one of the things that we started doing is when people would bring in pictures because this is again before phones like people would bring in a picture like like fully rip a magazine picture out of a magazine and bring it to your salon with like like in a folder. It was the best. Um, I would put my finger or my, my hand over that person's face and be like, you still like this hair? And they were Amazing. like, Oh, and I'm like, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Because you're right. What, whether it was like right, you know, the Rachel haircut back in the day or the Katy Perry, like, you know, like, um, or not Katy Perry. I don't know why I'm stuck on this, this lady, like bless her heart, but I wish she would just like, travel off somewhere and like not, not be in the public eye anymore. Um, happily, happily. I want her to do that happily, but like, I just don't care about her. Um, who am I thinking about? Kelly Clarkson, right? Like the yes. Kelly Clarkson, you know, that, that type of hair, like, yes, even down to like, I want this color, like mm. forget the type, forget the shape, forget the length, but like, I want this color. If you and I and Taylor all decided that we wanted to have red hair, we could all have red hair. There is a red out there for all of us, but I'm going to need a pretty neutral red. Taylor's probably going to need a more warm red and you would definitely need a cooler red, right? Like all three of us could have a red, but it's not going to look like we could all bring the same picture in. But like, if I'm a colorist, like I'm going to think about how I can make Marcy's dreams come true. I'm going to think about how I can make Taylor's dreams come true. And I'm going to figure that piece out of it. So, and it's so interesting because like in my twenties, I didn't know shit about that stuff until I went to beauty school. And then like, then I had like knowledge which armed me with a lot more confidence, but like it was kind of whack confidence because I didn't know enough, but I would just like portray these ideas of like what I could do for not only myself, but it started being like, like I would start like staring at people 
in public and like judging them based on their hair types and textures and like what they were doing. And I was like straight mean, like not cute. Like I would be like, you know what, here's my card. You really should come see me, (laughs) you know, like, and, and in some ways I believe I was probably influenced by the packaging, Mm. you know, more so in my twenties than I was in my teens when I was still like, I mean, like I was still feeling that exploratory look like for what I wanted to make myself look like, what I wanted to help my clients look like. But like, there was definitely more rules involved um, when I, when I jumped into the beauty industry and like, there were like things that were done and not done, Um, which I thought was super interesting considering we are supposed to be a group of creatives, but there was like, you know, um, like even when I, when I would start to, when I started educating, like I had to have my hair colored. I couldn't have braids in like there were certain aspects of like when I would like what I would show up and there weren't any rules, right. There weren't any like written rules. Like you must be wearing X, Y, Z. But like, I do remember the very first time I showed up with my hair braided and people were like, that's not your real hair. And I was like, first of all, who cares? Hmm. Second of all, like if, if, if I, if I can't tell you the formulation that it would take to get to these blonde ends, then I probably shouldn't be an educator anyway. Like, I'm just going to tell somebody that like what, what I would do, like, why do I have to be wearing it? But I mean, that was definitely a complication to my twenties by adding in that, 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 that knowledge, right? Like, and it, it, it made me go from being more of like an exploratory person to like following guidelines in a different way, because that was like my job. That was, that was my job. So it's so interesting because like your look, your outward facing like experience was shaped by your job, by like, you had to be this look by looking this way. And obviously I'm paraphrasing here, but like looking this way in order to be in this job, mine was to create looks for other people Mm -hmm. in order to be in this job. Interesting. So interesting. And I think like what you said is as we you know, mature, get older. And I mean that in a very loose way, like every year you're learning, you're growing. It's not about a number age bracket, 20 versus 30 versus 40s. But like you said, you get access to better information, you learn new things and that takes shape into how, you know, you make choices. And I definitely made a lot of bad decisions as far as like really lightening, over lightening my hair and being kind of addicted to my flat iron. And I think about my hair health in my twenties and it was not good. It was not it. It was definitely fried. You know, it definitely was brassy. It was not using the right quality, you know, care products to maintain my Mm -hmm. hair color. And that's where I'm sure as a professional, do you ever feel like you know, is it okay or right to like deter someone from something they want that, you know, that they don't have the wherewithal to maintain. Right. Cause I feel like that in your twenties, you're like, you know, someone could say like, I just, I want to be platinum and you know, you know, you're going to just buy some, you know, lesser than shampoo and you know, it's going to be a nightmare. Right. So every time that guest comes back into the, your chair, you're like, great, I've got more work to do because you're not capable or you're not, you know, not capable, but you don't really have the tools or the lifestyle to maintain something right and i think that's the yeah. 20s was like unrealistic things that unrealistic expectations right? okay hell yes hell yes and to be fair marcy i'm i was bossy behind the chair like if i didn't think something was going to work like if you were to come in with your beautiful dark hair and be like mahogany i want 
a full head of highlights. I want to look like Shakira. And I'll be like, cool. How many times a year do you plan on coming in? Mm -hmm. And if you say to me two or one, we're not having this conversation. We're done. We're already done. We're already done with this conversation. Um, But, but that's also that, that kind of, you know, confidence didn't come until I was like in my thirties because I was still, like I said, you know, in that transitional um, space from like being really exploratory to like now following some rules, but like, you're right. It was, it, it, it took me some time to learn as a hairdresser. And this is definitely something when I'm talking to hairdressers, like about their careers as they're growing them. Um, I'm like, be fussy, but be, be, be direct. And like, remember that this look is something that this person wants. So a don't insult it, but be like, be thoughtful in how you, in, in how you create the opportunity of it for them to either learn or understand what they want a little differently. Um, my, what my, my good story for that is my mother-in-law who is the cutest person on the planet. She's like five feet tall. She is just pure joy and love. I love her so much. Tiny little Danish woman. And she is, I mean, at the time she was like mostly gray her like mostly dark with maybe like 10% gray. But so she wanted like really dark hair, like dark, cool Brown hair, almost black, but not quite mm-hmm. um, with like really light streaks. That's what she said. And she's like, and I want them to be ashy. And I was like, because she also has like 10 hairs on her head right Mm. so it's not like I have this like full head of hair that I can like weave these little you know pieces in and out like anything I do is going to have a very strong presentation when I'm done so I was like okay mm." but I didn't want to tell her no and even though in my head I was like "Ooh, mama Rolina this sounds crazy you should not do this But instead of being like, this sounds crazy, you shouldn't do this. I asked her the questions like, okay, so is it more important that you have like a bold placement? Like, is it that you want that contrast in placement or is it the contrast in color you like? Her answer was the contrast in color. So that way I was able to go through and do some teasy foils on the interior. So all over she had like dark hair, but then she had these like little, like little tinsel pieces, you know, kind of, you know, popping in and out that were, I was able to make them look nice and blended, but it was that color contrast that she wanted. And I think that that's something that, you know, in your twenties, you know, regardless of what generation you're, you're part of, you start to like, if you find yourself the right hairdresser who can go on that journey with you, you can have so much fun and continue to have great hair health because the more you're excited about your hair and you make plans, your, your hairdresser gets excited too. If you're like Sally 6N and you just want to come and get your 6N retouch every, you know, four weeks, like, yeah, we're probably like tap, 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 roo. See you later. You know, but like, when you have guests who are really excited about their hair and I do, I loved working with guests in their twenties because it was, they were inspired by what they saw, but they also like had their own ideas about shit. And I thought that was really fun to play with them. And like, to this day, like that's definitely some of my favorite people to play with. Um, But the unrealistic expectations put on us by beauty standards that were crafted by marketers of celebrities Yo, middle fingers mm-hmm. up. You guys made our lives really hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. Really hard. Yeah, there's a lot more that meets the eye that I don't think, you know, it's presented in that way, right? So it's, you know, lots of, like you said, un- it's almost like unpacking, like what is it about this that you like? Like you said that I've heard that um, whole put, you know, your finger over the picture and it, that is powerful because once you're, you know, it's hard to, um, you know, really 
break down when you see an image or something that is attractive or aesthetically pleasing. I think it's hard for most of us to, even if you're not a creative or marketer, what is it about it that you like? You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, or do you just like the whole thing, right? Like we've all walked to a beautiful space or beautiful restaurant or somewhere or nature where it's it's all beautiful, but you know, being able to um, really dissect what it is that you like, you know, is it really the hair? Is it the color? Like you said, and then maybe that's what it is giving someone a piece of that that makes them feel um, like they, they got what they're looking for, but having, you know, just this, I just want to become this person. I think those are the things that we're kind of fed, you know, like you too can be Jennifer Aniston, right? If you just show up to your hairdresser and ask for the flip, you know, <laughs> well, just, right. Yeah. And even down to hair color, like people loved her hair color, like um, Jennifer Aniston's hair color too, which I mean, to this day, I mean, it's great hair color. Don't get it twisted, but like also, it was like, there's a very specific tone that looks good on Jennifer. If I put that tone on you, it may not look good. So that's why I'm warming it up a bit. Well, it looks warmer than what hers looks like. Yeah, because that's right for your skin. Because your skin needs warmer. Like, oh my Lord, we could go on for hours and hours and hours about the things that like, we've had to have I've had to have like extra conversation with guests about but I do think that like you know what's great about that is that it's all just like a learning journey that we're all on and like it's all in this like effort to take what is inside and how we view ourselves and how we see ourselves showing up in the world and like putting it on the outside and I mean that is like what your twenties are made for, right? Like that's what it is. Like there, there's no, I mean, there's decisions to be made, like going to work and like, you know, you know, just trying to figure out like who you are and like those types of things. Absolutely. But they are supposed, it's supposed to be fun. Like it's not supposed to be painful um, all the time, right? Like there's, there's aspects of it that should be a good time. There's plenty of pain that you'll go through in your twenties as you're trying to figure your shit out. Yes. Like don't, right? Like oh my there's God, plenty it. of places, there are plenty of pain points in your twenties, but like your, your aesthetic and your look should not be one of them. I mean, I don't think it should be anyway, but like certainly not in your twenties, but um, so um, I don't know that I have regrets about my twenties, but I definitely have some questionable shit that I did. Questionable. You know, you just said, you know, uh, something that triggered a memory sort of related to hair, just different areas. But in my twenties was the first time me and my best friend decided, Hey, like we're going to go get a Brazilian bikini wax. And Oh Lord, that was a traumatizing experience. But again, based, you know, like things that were happening at the moment, right? Like hair is out in that region. And mm-hmm. I remember we walked into this place, found the best place we could find. And we were both debating like, no, you're going to go first. Because if you, you know, if I hear you screaming in there, I'm not going to go in. So of course I was the the guinea pig. I went in first and I did my, you know, I basically lied to her. I was like, yeah, it was fine. You'll be fine. And it was one of those awesome. felt like it was awful. Mm-hmm. But those were, you know, again, like just the things that everyone was starting to do. And in your twenties, you know, living in an area where we were going to the beach a lot. And, you know, I think we've talked about like the removal of hair, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. it's also a humongous, you know, taxing and it's traumatizing and painful and barbaric. And, you know, like at the end, looking back, it's like, wow, was that really worth it? You know, that. Yeah. (laughs) But 
definitely right. a moment of like, Ooh, when you say pain and beauty and like, what are we, you know, that, yeah. Well, how far are we willing to go? That was something that I would ask myself now, like back then, was that really something I needed to embark on, but Hey, You're like maybe not, no. <laughs> maybe not, maybe not, but I mean, maybe you wouldn't have known and unless you gave it a shot. So, right. I feel like that's like my, my answer for the 20, for my twenties for like most people, like, should I did my twenties? I'm like, eh, I mean, I wouldn't have known if I didn't give it a try. So sure. There you go. You know, try some things once and then we'll see after that. <laughs> totally. Totally. Well, I love where we went with this conversation today, Marcy. It was so, it's always so good, like I said, but I really think that this was such an interesting thought process of like the lessons that we learned in our, uh, in our twenties about like our, our beauty, right? Whether it's like the, the, the way that other people saw us, like how people crafted these like icons of beauty for us to consume um, down to just like the decisions that we make and like, why did we make them? Like, I think that was so, 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 so stellar. Um, but yeah, so I look, I'm looking forward to our next, our next conversation. I think that it will be just like, which I just love that we keep building on every single episode, just keep goes deeper and deeper and deeper into the minds of, uh, Marcy and Mahogany. Um, I'm super excited because next week we're going to have Taylor join us. She's our amazing producer. So very much looking forward to it, you guys. And, uh, so we'll see you next time. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to For All Hair Types. We hope you enjoyed this episode and be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to support the show, please consider leaving us a rating and review or even sending it to a friend. Follow us on Instagram at For All Hair Types Pod. Do you have a hair story you'd like to share? Send it on over to For All Hair Types Podcast at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram. You can even leave us a voicemail at forallhairtypes.com. See you next time. For All Hair Types is created by Mahogany Plouts and Marcy Miguel Richards, produced by Taylor Lane.